Well, amen. Did you like how that connected Thanksgiving to Christmas? Ah, yeah. See, that's what we're trying to do this morning. And uh, we're going to do something unique, I think. Well, maybe I shouldn't say unique. We probably have done it sometime before. But we're going to celebrate communion as part of our celebration of Christmas. Uh, Because as you're going to hear and see, and I'm sure no doubt know that Christmas and Easter are very much related. Christmas is what we're about to celebrate, and we're going to connect it with the death of Christ this morning, and uh, trust that that will be helpful and encouraging to you. So Merry Christmas to you. And uh, as we begin our Christmas series, uh, we've got the decorations up. Don't you just love this time of the year? I I love the way we get our church put together. Tim Kopp, Uh, You can be sure to thank him, and he had a team of volunteers that helped him get the church ready, and uh, so we greatly appreciate that. That's always a a joy to to be here for the month of December and have that all set and ready to go. In our home, the Christmas season begins with the tree. Pretty much, that's how it all gets started. I, I get all the decorations down from the attic, and uh, including the tree, yes. It's a fake tree, or I should say artificial, right? And uh, I'm one of those who said I'd never, ever, ever have an artificial tree in my home. And then my kids all moved away, and um, it used to be our tradition that Abby and I would go out and cut down the tree and get that put in. Well, then when it was just me, it just ceased to be fun so we had the artificial tree so Jane and I have a great time with that and uh, we get that tree and get it put up we rearrange the furniture so everything fits and find the tree stand and put the tree together and unfold the branches a section at a time and we have our favorite Christmas music playing in the background while we're doing all of this thing and and usually I'm singing trying not to drown out the music so Jane can actually hear the good music And uh, we continue on that way, and I get the lights out, plug them in, make sure they work, and then start, you know, getting them on the tree very meticulously. It can't just be anybody that gets those lights on right, and and we work hard at that, I work hard at that, and we're all set and done. I put the star on top of the tree, and then it's ready for the ornaments, which is pretty much Jane's area. And uh, I pick out a couple of my favorite ones, and I put them on only where she lets me, right? That's, no, not really. She just knows whether it's a good, uh, well, okay, uh, 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 a heavier, she, hon, that won't fit there. That branch will sag. But that's where I want it, but it won't work that way. Okay, yes, ma'am. And uh, so we get the ornaments put on there, and, and, and when she's done, we step back, and it's kind of like, voila. It's all set, all ready to go, and, and we'll sit down on the couch and admire our work, and, and then you, you get up and you see something out of place, the branch isn't quite right. That's the good thing about an artificial tree, you can make the branch do what you want, right? And uh, so we do that, and then we, we make those, adjust- and, and the tree is done, and we're ready to go, and then the rest of the decorations follow, and And that's it at our home for the star of our Christmas celebration and season together. Christmas trees come in all shapes and sizes and colors. And 
and I'm sure they're a big part of Christmas in many homes, uh, your homes, and uh, I don't know if you've thought about it before, but the Bible makes reference to a tree that is connected with the whole purpose of Christmas. And we're going to look at that this morning. That tree is pretty plain and bare, harsh-looking, cold, very cold, and there's no star or angel on top of that tree. Please open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to start with that well-known Christmas passage in Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. And uh, there in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, if you don't have a Bible, would like to follow along with us underneath the chair in front of you, there should be a Bible in that Bible, page 812, uh, Galatians chapter 4, and I'll read verses 4 and 5 for you. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Do you see that? There it is, Christmas, the Christmas story. When the set time, the time that God had determined, foreordained, planned ahead of time, when that time came, God sent forth his son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a woman by the name of Mary under the law to redeem all of those and us under the law that we might receive the adoption to sonship, that we might, that it would be possible for each of us to become sons of God. Children of God. That's the Christmas story. That is the birth of Jesus Christ. Now Christmas is all about the birth of God's Son. Jesus the Messiah. You know that. The, the, the interesting thing about Christmas is we always want to try to be creative and come up with something different. But folks, the Christmas story is the same every year. It doesn't change, right? There's a, a lot to it, but it is the birth of Jesus Christ that we celebrate, and that will always be what Christmas is about, the birth of God's Son. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Jesus Christ was born, and that's what we celebrate. But there's another aspect of the birth of Jesus that we're going to, the birth of Jesus that we're going to look at this morning, and it's simply this. Jesus was born to die. That's not original with me. I remember years ago there was a, a Christian musical put together entitled that Born to Die. But Jesus was born to die. And if you can get that into your mind and heart and remember that and focus on that, it will help you. I pray for me. I pray for you that that will help us stay focused on what Christmas is all about. Sometimes we have, we have no trouble saying, yes, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. We get that. We understand that. But sometimes it's just, okay, so Jesus is born and, 
all right, let's, let's celebrate and do all the things we do. But, but there was a purpose to that birth that we sometimes lose in the whole Christmas story. Oh, we know it's about the birth of Jesus and the manger and the shepherds and Luke 2. And we understand that. But I, I fear sometimes that we miss the purpose of the birth of Jesus Christ. And that is simply that he was born to die. And that's what I want you to remember as you leave this building today, that Jesus was born to die. And if you know Jesus is your Savior, that fact has changed your life. And if you don't know Jesus... Oh, the fact that Jesus came to this earth to be born so that he could ultimately die to provide forgiveness of our sins. That truth will change your life as you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to get Christmas right, we've got to begin with that amazing truth. Jesus was born to die. So we're going to begin the, this Christmas season at Heritage, which is celebrating the birth of Christ by remembering and celebrating his death on the cross this morning. It's important that we keep that in mind. And, uh, or as it is sometimes referred to in the Bible, his death on a tree. His death on a tree. So now go back a chapter in your Bibles, or if you're in the Bible that you took from under the chair in front of you, back a page um, and to look at the text of Scripture that we had our men read. And in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 to 14. And uh, as we look at those verses, I, I just want to walk through that because I want you to understand as we move to the idea that Jesus died on the cross and what's the big deal about that. Well, as we look at verse 6 of Galatians chapter 3. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted his faith. He believed. That's faith. He counted that faith. He credited righteousness to Abraham because he believed. That's what we're talking about. You go all the way back to the Old Testament, all the way back to Genesis, and we see that Abraham, in the Old Testament, long before Jesus came, was there and, and, and was told to believe. And it was his faith that made him righteous before God. We sometimes think that in the Old Testament that that justification, that that salvation came because of the law. No, the law was what God gave the nation of Israel temporarily to look forward to the coming of Jesus. The sacrifices only covered sins. They did not take them away. That was looking ahead to when Jesus made his once for all sacrifice on the cross. Our sins would be forgiven, taken away forever, removed as far as the east is from the west. We saw that actually last week in Psalm 103. Mentioned that a little bit. But that's, and, and Abraham, though in the Old Testament, was determined to be righteous before God by faith. 
And then as it goes on, what's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight. You see, to the Jews, and that's who he's talking to, because there's a problem in the churches of Galatia. And, and we'll get to that in just a minute, but, but the Gentiles were not looked well upon by the Jews. They were looked down. They, they, they shouldn't have had the gospel, at least so some of them thought, until Jesus went to the cross. And then we get into the book of Acts as the church begins. And we find out that, that the gospel, the truth of salvation through Jesus Christ was for all men. Or as God told Abraham, all nations, all people, Jew and Gentile. And so as Paul is talking to the, to the Jewish believers here in the churches of Galatia about how that the Gentiles also would be made righteous by faith in the work of Christ. That was critical for them to understand that. And he used the name of Abraham so that they would get the idea, Father Abraham, we know how that goes. He was the one who was given that promise that through Abraham and his seed, which ultimately would be Isaac, then through that, Jesus Christ, all of the nations, Jews and Gentiles, would be blessed. Jesus Christ would come, and he did. But it would be by faith, not by the works of the law. Now, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 in, in the New American Standard translation, reads this way, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And Jess, I think I'm, I'm a little... Uh, if you move ahead a little bit there, you'll see that, but... That is that word translated in the NIV as we read it earlier this morning said who hangs on a pole. The word can it be translated that wood or literally a tree, a pole, a cross. Because that's what that tree was. It was the cross of Jesus Christ that he hung on, that he died on. How's that for a Christmas passage? Because then Paul goes on a few verses ahead in chapter 4 when he said, at the right time, the fullness of time, God sent Jesus to be born. So there it is, the connection. Now that's not a Christmas tree, the cross as we know it today, but a reminder to us that Christmas begins with the cross. The purpose for the birth of Christ he was born to die. Yes, he was born, that's what we celebrate, but born with a purpose, that he might go to the cross to die in our place for our sins. Folks, Christmas story is an amazing gospel story. We, we many times think about Easter and Good Friday, his death, and then the resurrection from the grave, and, and, and that was all critical and crucial. But Jesus came to this earth as a man born of a virgin. Why was that important? 
so there wouldn't be the sin nature so that he could ultimately die as a sinless, perfect sacrifice in our place for our sins. Huh? That's the gospel. That's the Christmas story. Jesus was born so that he could die and provide salvation and forgiveness of sin for us. Now, here in the book of Galatians, the believers there in the churches in that region were turning back to the Old Testament works of the law. And, and, and they, they were turning away from Jesus Christ as the only means of salvation. The system of sacrifices that God had set up in the Old Testament were only temporary. We're looking ahead to the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, who would then be born and then go to the cross. But once Jesus was born, he lived his life, he went to the cross, died in our place for our sins, was resurrected from the dead, proving he was the Son of God, proving that he would do what he promised to do, provide salvation, deliverance, forgiveness for sin. As we read here in Galatians, redemption. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, we sing. That's what Paul is talking about. That's what Jesus came to do. Back in verse one, or chapter 1 of Galatians, verses 6 and 7, Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. He's writing to these believers in the churches in that region, Galatia, who had been saved and yet they were turning back to the law. And he's saying, which, which you're saying is a different gospel. You're turning to a different gospel, which he says is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people, verse 7, are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Basically, that's a works salvation that the Galatians were trying to hold on to. They were ignoring the fact that Jesus did it all when he went to the cross. You see, the Old Testament system of the law was all of the works, all of the sacrifices and the 600 and some odd commands that went along with it that the nation of Israel had to continue to put forth. But, but, he, but, but Paul talks about in these verses, he talks about the curse of the law. He says in verses 10 to 12, the works of the law would curse them because they would have to obey all of the commands in order for that work system to work. That was an impossibility. Nobody could do that. Nobody is without sin. And, and yet that's what they're hoping. And, and, and Paul says to them, that's the curse. If you hold on to the system of the law, you're cursed because you cannot keep all of the commands that God has given in his law. Can't be done. Salvation is through faith. 
And those who depend on the law are cursed. But we get down to verse 13 and we read, But Christ has rescued us, has redeemed us, has paid our ransom. He bought us out of the slave market. The Roman culture, as as they captured their enemies when they would conquer, they would make them slaves. And there was a slave market where slave owners would go and buy, redeem, pay that ransom to, to bring that slave and make them work for them. Jesus came to buy us out of the slave market of sin to redeem us, to pay the ransom that we owed God for our sin. He paid it for us so that we could be forgiven. He bought and paid for us. He redeemed us and then set us free. See, when owners would go to the slave market, they'd buy slaves, they'd redeem them for their own use, for their own benefit, for their own advantage, to work for them. Jesus redeemed us. He paid the ransom and set us free. Wow. That's what the Christmas story is about. The birth of Christ who came to this earth to go to the cross to die so that he could redeem us, pay the price for our sin, and set us free so we can live a life of fullness and usefulness to God on this earth. We've been redeemed if we believe that Jesus And Jesus alone is the only means of forgiving our sin, of being made right before God, of having that curse removed. We sometimes think that it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We we live in a culture that thinks, you know, I mean, if you you ask people, you'll find a lot of people who think they're going to heaven. If you ask them that question, hey, Great salvation question. Hey, if you were to die tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You'll find a lot of people that say yes, and they, well, tell me why. Many of them, most of them won't say because Jesus died in my place for my sin. He redeemed me. He paid the ransom for my sin he paid my debt and he set me free that's why i'm going to heaven when i die you won't hear that often you'll hear some kind of a belief about works about well if i do enough good things if if i if i am involved in my community and if i do do my part as a citizen if I'm good here and if I treat my wife and family or husband and kids and neighbors and and all if if I'm good and do those things well God God will will have to weigh and 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 I think I think I've got enough but that's not what scripture says you see that's a works system 
And Paul says here in these verses in Galatians, and, and I'm just skimming over these. Hey, community groups, you, you, you can dig into this one. <laughs> There's a lot there. It's not that difficult just as we go through this. But, but what you'll find out is the curse that comes with believing in works is that if you think works is what saves you, you've got to keep, you've got to do it all. That's what the Old Testament, if you think it's the law that will save you, you must keep every single command, every single command, because if you break one, you're dead. It's over. That's the curse. But you see, Jesus became curse for us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that Jesus who knew no sin was made sin for us. That we might receive the righteousness of God in Jesus. That's what Paul said about Abraham. Abraham was declared righteous. Why? By faith. Not by keeping the law, by faith. And that's how the promise of salvation was fulfilled to all nations, to Jews and Gentiles. Because Jesus died for all who would believe. That is why Christmas is such a wonderful time, not just because of the birth of a baby, but because it was the birth of a baby who was born with a purpose, a purpose to die for us, a purpose to go to the cross, take our sin, and set us free. You may be saying this morning, Glenn, that, we, we know this. Okay, so it's the Christmas story. I recognize that it is really easy to take for granted the gospel. You ever feel like you get tired of hearing the gospel? I hope not. I, I, I think I said it like, I love to sit and hear people tell their story of how they came to know and believe on Jesus Christ. I, it, it just, I, it's just a thrill. And when we understand what God did for us in the person of Jesus Christ who loved us so much that he sent his son to this earth to be born as a sinless man so that he could take our place on the cross and redeem us, set us free, pay our debt, and give us life that means something for the glory of God, we should never take that for granted. We should never get tired of hearing that because it changes everything about us if we genuinely believe. I wonder about people who say, yeah, I know Jesus, but it's just kind of, yeah, ho-hum. Yeah I, I, yeah, I know that gospel stuff. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, Jesus is born at Christmas time. Yeah, he's, he's the Savior. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But when we really understand the gospel, that Jesus was born to die, and we accept that truth by faith, 
And God credits that faith to us as righteousness. He declares us to be right before him. Our debt of sin before God that deserves hell and the wrath of God forever is taken away and he sets us free. People, that ought never to get old. And we ought to live every day of our lives just fired up. I know we're tired some days and we're grumpy some days and we have to fix a flat tire some days and some days like this morning I walk out of my garage and I almost slipped on the ice and I'm like oh no did we make the right decision? (laughs) I didn't go down if I'd have gone down I would have thought oh come on We have those days, but for the most part, when we know that Jesus Christ has saved us and forgiven us and set us free, it ought to show in everything we do, every day we live. And people around us ought to be saying, you know, I've known you for a while, and over time, something's different about you. You're, there's something. What is it? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. And that's really what we're making Heritage Christmas all about. Which, by the way, folks, we're, next Sunday morning, we're, we're going to be doing a significant part, right, Paul, of the of that program that we do on Saturday night right here Sunday morning. So if for some reason people that you've invited or you weren't able to invite people so aren't coming Saturday night, but be here, bring them Sunday morning. But we're, you're going to hear a whole big chunk of what goes on Saturday night. I, I probably shouldn't call it a big chunk, should I, Paul? Yeah, a, a lot of the songs. How's that? It sounds a little bit better. But that's what we're going to do here. But that's an opportunity for you to say, here is what I believe and makes me different. I'm not better than you. I'm just different. And here's why. Because Jesus was born to die. Say, so what do we do with that now? Well, here's what we do. When you celebrate the birth of Jesus this year, when you're involved in all of what you do at Christmas, and I get the family and the friends and all of that thing, but I would encourage you and challenge you to remember the death of Jesus on the cross. And maybe when you read the Christmas story, whether you do that at home with your family on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, in front of the tree, before you do the presents or whatever, maybe you also read the story of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus because that wouldn't be possible if Jesus hadn't been born on this earth that gives us a reason to celebrate what he's done for us. Celebrate the birth of Jesus by remembering the death of Jesus 
on the cross, the tree. Jesus was born to die. And by the way, this text is not a proof that Christmas trees are, came from the Bible, okay? <laughs> Please don't, don't, don't think that. But as we have reference to the cross, the tree, and the connection of the tree, the cross, to the birth of Jesus Christ, remember that Jesus was born to die. Father, I thank you for Christmas, for this time of the year when we remember the birth of our Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, who was born of a woman, born as a sinless sacrifice, so he could go to the cross and take our place. Redeem us and set us free. God, I pray that at this time of the year, at this Christmas, this year, we would remember that Jesus was born to die. God, help us to never get tired of that amazing Christmas story and the purpose for which Jesus was born. And as we celebrate together the Lord's Supper and remember Christ's death until he comes, oh God, I pray that it would shake us up, shake us out of coldness or lethargy or apathy or whatever it might be. Don't let this time of the year just be purely emotional because of the family and friends and presents and lights and colors and parties and foods and get-togethers and all the rest. May it be because we know that Jesus was born to die. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.